now. So welcome to this power hour. The topic today is the change is an observation and the observation is about different actions and new behaviors while you're not being close to the expected result. And this is what we're going to look in today because not being close to the expected result, of course, creates a certain amount of anxiety and stress for all of us because we're not getting what we want to have. And that is why we have to look at different things to make sure that our observation is actually correct and that we feel that we feel safer in getting closer to where we want to be. Welcome to the Power Hour, your hour where you can find out what is holding you back. Your hour where you can find things where you can be better. Your hour where you find new ways how you can lead your team to success. Or your hour where you can have a breakthrough and do things totally differently. This is your Power Hour with me. I am Coach Colin and I am the skipper on your journey in mastering your leadership. In your darkest moments, I can help you find your north. As a coach, I can help you feel inspired and feel the winds in the morning from the east. As a coach, when things around you are hot and dense, I can help you stay the course when things go south. As a coach, I can help you feel proud and relaxed and feel the achievements when you turn west and look into the sunset in the evening. This is your power hour, the hour where you can make it happen. And I am Coach Colin, and I am here to help you master your leadership. So let's get started. So we're all in a process of changing things with uh, with your teams and looking at the comments that we've had in the classroom, there are so many things that are happening. We're trying out some new things and you're not 100% certain how things are going to turn out. And in the second half of um, this power hour, I will also um, actually answer a couple of live questions that I have been getting, questions that have been recurring um frequently in these classes and i would like to give um, give you the opportunity here to um to have an answer directly here online and as always if you have questions on the way of course you can write them into the chat um, afterwards we can even have some live questions here with you so that you can move forward on from that place where you are right now to where you want to be 
So today's topic is around seeing really around these actions and behaviors to have a more feeling of certainty that actually you would achieve the result. Because let's face it, my, um, my, my daughter just the other weekend, she was working on a totally new recipe because she wanted to, um, to really learn how to bake bread. And she was going through this recipe and she was letting the dough, you know, draw for actually 48 hours so um, before she started working on it. And she was asking me on the way, she said, how do I know whether this is going to be good? And actually, I said, this is a challenge because I've never baked bread. So I cannot really help you on that point, which means I can't I can't really predict when this bread is going to be a good bread or not, because I don't know what you need to watch out for. And that is, of course, frustrating. So she was 48 hours. She was quite stressed until she put her bread into the oven and it turned out beautifully nice bread. And she was so pleased about that. But the story is also about the things that we have in our situation where we're actually looking at the different customer meetings. And to be able to repeat that, let's just go there for a moment and have another look what is here on the screen. Because these are the customer meetings um, and the meetings that you're having with your sales team altogether, starting with the account selection meeting, which you have with your team. And when you choose the accounts of course you want to have an idea whether you have chosen the right accounts and that is why you will you will want to have a customer revelation meeting where you want to find out whether your customer has really the potential that you estimated at the beginning when you are doing um, the selection and then with that extra information you will want to go into the account planning meeting so that you can align your resources with the customer resources which will allow you to have a capability meeting and coming out of that capability meeting now you will start to be very operational because that is where you start having alignment meetings with your customer around the different projects where you prioritize the projects you'll have operational meetings following up every single project and of course the customer will have a decision meeting where you can share some information with their customer and where you are influencing the customer choice and in the end you've got a follow-up meeting where you want to close the loop between the expectations that the customers had together with you in the capability meeting and um, you want to review that together in the follow-up meetings. And these follow-up meetings you do on one side, you do, of course, with your customer, and at the same uh, time, you do it together with your team so that you know exactly where you are. Now, this is, of course, quite obvious. And what we want to look in today is to have a better idea, well, how can I really understand where I am? Because the result of all this, meaning the extra sales, might not happen until six, nine months down the road. So let's have another look at these steps here that are happening and the intention, the desired outcome that we would want to have, because this is this is really where it starts. Because if you understand in every step the desired outcome of of each and every step, meaning if we take here step four, the capability meeting, if you understand that actually what you're looking for is a mutual confirmation of the business opportunity, meaning 
your opportunity and the customer's opportunity. If you understand what you're looking for, that means you can be looking for indications whether you've had that phase, whether you've had that mutual agreement. And that is where when you have these mutual agreements or you see these indicators, that is really where you can then ask your team and start coaching your team. And that was my challenge when my daughter was baking her bread because I didn't know what was the outcome of that first phase when she was adding water into the flour and um, it was it was starting starting to set because I had never done that before. But you have the opportunity to especially as you're on this course, to get this vast experience from the different um, people who have already done this course before and have shared their outcomes and have shared their their goals and have shared their methods so that you have a better chance in really understanding, well, what is that outcome that I am looking for in that phase right now? And that allows us already to move into um, into the next page here because... That is where you can have a look to see what the customer is doing in that phase. Because when you imagine what the customer is doing and you can imagine the outcome of that phase, then you can start coaching around the behavior you're looking for, the behavior you're looking for your salesperson and your team to identify and look for in the customer. So let's have a look here. Of course, the, the first the first meeting here, the account selection meeting and the account planning meeting, these are internal meetings. So that is why they're not customer actions that are aligned with these. But if you think about the, the customer revelation meeting, if you have a customer revelation meeting, what would the customer be talking about and and sharing with you if you have this type of meeting? And this is where I put the custom actions here on the side because he in that phase or she will want to analyze the markets they will be analyzing their own performance they'll be evaluating gaps and defining potential goals that they have and even you know trying to frame certain budgets which means that their their set of mind is very vague it is very unclear and you can imagine if you were in that fa- in that meeting there with the customer and you are trying to push certain solutions onto this customer in that meeting or to to suggest certain um, solutions to problems or even products or even services you can imagine that you would scare the customer quite a lot and they would actually close up and not share the information you're actually looking for because in that phase where the desired outcome is that the customer reveals the true business challenges, he's not looking for a solution. He's not looking for somebody to sell him something. He's looking for a partner who can listen, who can helps to understand him, who can summarize certain things, who can even share some insight out of out of other areas of the industry or from other customers out of other areas of the exper- of experience which means it is quite a different type of conversation because it is not a sales conversation if you um, if you then gather the information which means the customer true business challenges then of course you have the opportunity to put that into your plans and see how much of those opportunities you might be able to catch based on the resources you have. 
And that is where you can then come back to the capability meeting where, in fact, you will want to firm up your proposition in the sense of how you want to align the opportunities and how you want to align the the resources and and the um, um, and and the competencies that you have, but you also have to be aware of that in this phase the customer still is not looking for solutions, but they're looking for a certain amount of trust, they're looking about uh, perhaps. Um, for a certain amount of recognition about the challenges that they have and they hope to see the challenges reflected in the resources and the competence and even the reflection of a potential solution, a potential partner in this game of finding, um, eliminating the risks and um, teaming up on the opportunities that they have and, and we have together. And um, you can imagine, again, if you're looking for the confirmation of the opportunities here, confirmation of the business opportunities, nobody's looking to make a proposal on a solution yet. It is simply around, do we understand each other's challenges? And that is why in this, this phase, again, it is not about selling. Selling really actually starts um, after those first two revelation meetings and capability meetings because that is where a certain trust a certain understanding and a certain agreement has been established around what could be done potentially and now we're talking about alignment meetings here where we're trying to find a formal agreement on the priority and again you realize when you think about the outcome that you want to have out of this meeting it is still not a sale. There's still not agreement to to um, to uh, proceed on a certain project. It is it is an agreement on the priority, which means an understanding of how do you actually prioritize, um, what would you expect, and how would you compare those different types of projects, and what are those projects really leading to, and you can imagine that. In that phase, a lot of trust in the in the operational teams is being built up, and I just had I just read this morning I read um, in the final paper from Urion actually around this issue, where he said specifically around this phase is this is where a lot of the opportunities are discovered because if we are honest and if we are open and we have created that atmosphere through the first steps that we're not here to sell, but we are here to accompany the customer to grow and develop together, they are quite prepared to put more solutions onto the table. And the alignment meeting is so powerful at this point because it is it is really giving the customer right from that moment the feeling, we're not trying to sell something to you, but we're wanting to partner up and partnering up on those challenges and issues that you have together. Now, the other points here, the operational meetings on following up on the projects and the customer decision meeting and the follow-up meeting with the customer, I'm quite sure we are all very into these types of things where we understand to qualify the different projects that we have, where we understand to um, interpret the specification that the customer is developing and we're talking to different stakeholders and we take our decisions ourselves whether we want to go with a certain project or not and these types of things and 
we are quite familiar with that. But the biggest difference is really at the beginning and the dialogue that we're having with the customer is to create this understanding of, of trust and, and partnership in really understanding what is it, what the outcome is and how we can work to the cust- with the customer there together. Now, when we are working with the customer, we want to understand, of course, how far away are we from getting the order, right? Um, and that is where we get quite nervous because at that point in those types of conversation, there is no order to be, to, be, um, to be placed because the discussions are quite different. So let's have a look at those types of discussion out of another perspective. And that is where it made click for many people when I showed this type of diagram. First of all, Let's step back a moment and think about the organization because the customers want to make up their mind about the goals, the priority in which they want to achieve those goals, the solution and the supplier. And there's quite a sequence in that. And the first question is, well, who actually decides around the goals? Well, naturally, it is the directors. They analyze the gaps and they decide on the goals. And when they have decided on the goals, then they delegate the challenges to the next level in the organization, right? Which are, of course, the the management. And the management, there's a certain hierarchy there within the managers. They develop a strategy how to close these gaps as quickly as, as possible. And specifically, they decide on a priority with which they want to close these gaps. And then in the next phase, they will be looking into different options, which means they will want to stabilize their process and run certain improvements so that they can um, compare which of the potential solutions they would be looking at might help them close the gaps as quickly as possible. And that is when typically when they start talking to us and you realize by today there are different types of stakeholders there in the organization. Some of them, they're looking for prices. Some of them, they're looking for the technologies. Others might be looking for the environmental uh, specifications that they want to meet. And they have different ideas around what the good solution would look like. And we also know that in the end, um, at that level, that's when the technicians, they start putting the chosen solutions into place where they make the deal with the chosen or the preferred supplier in the end and make sure that, um, that these things happen. Now, this is, this is more or less the decision-making process, but what you see here also is that we have different projects we're dealing with. And if I step back here from the bottom level, Typically, on the bottom level, we are dealing with those daily problems, not in an investment, but in the daily operation, where there are quality issues, where there are things that have to be fixed, like um, when the tools are not available. And typically, this is the lowest level of the projects we're dealing with. And we also know that when there are certain investments that have been taken, we typically work with engineering, where they're looking into having a type of a process for a certain application which might need to be improved. Um, They want to improve the performance or reduce the cycle time. And there we've got different challenges. 
And there is also the third level of projects here, which is with the management, which is initiated by the management because they want to achieve the goals which are set by the top management, by the directors. And when you suddenly realize that there is a hierarchy coming from the top cascading down into the into the um, into the factory and there's a hierarchy of projects from the bottom meaning the daily issues the the um, process issues and then the strategic issues then you suddenly realize that things become a little confusing and if we say we want to be earlier into the process we should be looking into different projects and should be understanding um, to talk to different people in a different way and that is where I've created a diagram here that might help you in, in a different way to, to make that connection. And I will share that here with you because this diagram has two parts. The bottom part is the typical from left to right sequence of meetings where we said, okay, we will have the account selection meeting and then we'll have the revelation meeting, the account planning meeting. We'll have the customer capability meeting and the customer alignment meeting, the operational meetings, the customer decision-making meeting and the follow-up. And of course, if we want to be earlier into the process, we have to find out how the projects are working and which type of projects are working earlier. And then you realize that the technical projects that we're having, they're actually born much later in the communication within the company. The projects that are born, born earlier in the, um, the decision-making process of a customer are higher up in the organization. And that is where the directors here at the top, they decide why and what has, and has to happen. They then delegate to the managers who decide on what and how things should be happening. And then they delegate to the engineers on how, um, how things should be done and who should be doing it. And then in the end, the technical staff, they make the plans on who should be doing things and when. Now, in a company, what we realize is that we're working a lot on the, with the technical staff and the engineers, and very often we are lost in the connection between what is happening on the shop floor and what is happening in management. And the reason for that is that they're talking with in different language. They've got different issues on their desk, which means that if we want to talk, get earlier into the into the decision-making process and talk to management, we have to talk about different topics. And that's where we want to make help them make an interpretation how their challenges are being used in the workshop. So what does that mean? That means that in the conversations that our salespeople are having, which means your team is having, they will explore different things they will have different types of conversations. They will be um, asking different types of questions. They will be getting different types of answers. And that is what we want to look into right now because when you're coaching your team, you suddenly realize that you will have a different conversation around somebody in your team who is working on a technical fix versus somebody who's working on an engineering issue versus somebody who's working with management on a higher level. 
you will realize that they are getting different information. They are observing different types of behavior from the customer, and which means that you will want to coach them to do different things in the sales process. Because the different things that will happen here, if you're working on a single technical issue, of course, there will be only a few people solving that technical issue. If you're working with managers, sorry, with engineers, there are technical demands which are a little wider. And if you're working with management, there are, of course, totally different questions at hand. So I would like you now to get ready for a few chat questions here because if we move forward and you can, you're going to imagine now that your salespeople are working with different levels at your customer, you now are going to um, write a coaching question that might match that different level in this organization, which means what type of coaching questions would you want to ask in a technical project? What type of coaching questions would you want to ask if in an engineering questions? What type of coaching questions would you want to ask if somebody is working more on a management level? That's what we're going to do right now. I'm going to give you now the sheet here and there are four elements. There are four questions. I'm going to clean it up here. So that means level four is the technical level. It's the lowest level. Level three is the engineering level and level two is the management level. And now I would like you to think about what type of coaching question would you want to ask your manager, sorry, your, your salesperson, if they are talking to a manager or if they are talking to um, an engineer or if they're talking to a technician? What type of coaching question could you ask them to understand in which phase they might be? I'll give you a few minutes here of music and um, I will be monitoring, of course, the chat window and copy all the questions as they come along.
So we've got a few suggestions here. Um, I'm quite sure there will be a few more coming in as um, I start looking at those. And it's good that we've got many starting at the top because, as you realize, we're very good uh, when it comes to the engineers. Um, let's start from the bottom. Typical, typical one here actually for the for the technicians is um, who confirmed the in investment. Um, would be in, would be very typical one, and when it comes to the engineers, um, have you confirmed if the proposal we have offered is in line with their expectations? This is a very good co coaching questions, because um, naturally there are certain um, issues that the managers, sorry, the engineers will check specifically the customer requirements, um, certain quality issues that need to be confirmed and that is very good then on the level two here which is with the sorry we had actually that one um which is with management here we have one more just add that one And with the management, we have had a couple of here um, uh, asking asking the managers how they would like to proceed. That is absolutely correct. Um, um, specifically, and this is where you want where you want to make the nuance. This is not a, a question, of course. Of course, it's a question that your salesperson will want to ask management, but you will want to coach the your salesperson to be sure that there is a sequence in which they want to proceed, that there is an opinion because uh, management, of course, will have an opinion how they want to, where they want to start first, which is the top priority, which means that the question is, do you have a, or do have they communicated an idea of the priority? Have they shared 
the priority. Because very often we we get these answers that we believe um, somebody that we believe they are their priority, but we have not really confirmed and asked. And that is where we have to be crystal clear of which information does our salesperson really have. The next the next one here is good. Did you find out the main goals for them with respect to this specific project? Again, um, we do a lot of assumptions and even better, it would be, um, of course, what are the main goals for, for, the, um, for this specific project? So that these main goals should, of course, be documented in a visit report. So you can always fall back to, um, to those goals and even share with the customer. Look, the last time you shared that these were these goals and we've been following up on this process. That why, that's why we suggested so and so. But this time now it appears that the goals have changed. So what is really happening? And this reminds me of a, a um, actually it was a final story that um, last year somebody wrote and um, they were um, they were talking to their customer and they were actually picking up on certain test requirements that they were doing. So they're talking to the uh, shop floor um, uh, master and um, they got that specification and um, they were looking at the specification and they they actually got the opportunity to talk to the production manager who was new to this site and um, they 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 said we got these types of specifications and goal settings for for this test that we should be running what do you think is is a good value and then he looked at those values and said well these aren't good values at all i think you should be following such and such values so whenever you receive a value a specification you should always take the opportunity very leisurely without exposing any anybody to double check at a higher level whether whether these are the right values because as this diagram shows here sometimes the communication between these different levels in the companies is not perfect and sometimes information is late sometimes information is interpreted in the wrong way and that is why you have all the opportunity and all the right in the world to double check whether the information you're going to work with specifically when you start to spend money whether that is the right information. So how will they measure? Here's the next question. How will they measure if you've achieved the goals? Um, could be something very interesting to be crystal clear. Is there a goal value there? Um, because I remember a story with, with Frederick in this case, um, who is a retail manager in Sweden, who was sharing his final story um, around a case where he said, we were not clear with our customer what measurement they were going to apply to make that decision whether we're going to take us or a competitor on this test. And when they had completed the test, they were surprised, of course, that the customer said, oh, we're going to take somebody else because we think they're better. But in fact, it was only a minor detail and it was... Um, it was a detail that was not confirmed by management. And they went, they were so frustrated that they went back to management and asked them, saying, look, we've spent three months on testing this machine. We increased the performance on this machine. And all of a sudden, we are not chosen as a supplier on this machine. We would like to be back. We would like to verify against pre-decided measurement points what it is going to take 
Seiko to get back onto that machine. And management actually set up new goal requirements that communicated into the workshop. Um, Frederick's team were able to meet those requirements and they got back onto the machine only because they had the guts to go back into the organization and start talking one level higher saying whatever happened down here in the workshop was not transparent enough to take a decision. So that is why understanding exactly what is happening and coaching your people to be aware of uh, is the data that you're working here, is that confirmed for, by the next level? Um, are there clear goals or is there a clear priority? And not only on an assumption level, but really on a level that is documented. Because only things that are documented are transparent to everybody and you can pick up again. So that is where in our system you can be looking very clearly to see well what is really documented if we do if we committed to do a test what is the goal we want to do this test again if there's a priority in in investments that the customer has have we documented this priority have we shared that with the customer to to be sure that the customer has really confirmed that this is priority and again here's here's a story coming out of norway um where, where last year in the final story, they were documenting the fact that just by understanding that there can be a misunderstanding um, in the way we do our documentation, our meeting notes, um, we went back to the customer and said, look, I have did my meeting notes here and I would like to share the priority that I took away from the meeting notes with you just because I know perhaps my notes are not perfect. And in that situation, the customer actually said, that is correct. These meeting notes were not perfect. And actually the priority that I tried to convey in our meeting last week was not documented in the right way. And we should rather review that, that priority again and come to another conclusion, document that together. And it's not that the customer felt that he was showing our salesperson they had done a mistake. On the contrary, they were so pleased that they were having having the ability to create an understanding what it was they were going to work on together. So it created a much deeper level of, of trust between the two people. And that is what it is all about. It is not about controlling people. It is not about... Um, pinpointing that we are we are perhaps not documenting our visitor reports correctly or it's not like exposing ourselves to the customer with the feeling that the customer knows better than than we do no it is about sharing a mutual understanding that we are working here together to move forward that is what it's all about now moving forward here um i have noted a couple of questions which I got in, in an email the other day, which I would like to bring forward um, and answer here directly live because I think these are absolutely relevant. And um, while I'm doing that, of course, I'm going to share here the next, um, the next list of power hours that you have. And as I move um, onto the screen here, I'm going to read out the question, um, which I think is absolutely relevant. And this is actually from um, from Hunk, 
in China who sent in his final story just the other day. And he had a question which he mailed to me. And he said, in these meetings that we are teaching you to have, um, the eight meetings, there were three customer, sorry, there were five customer meetings and three meetings with your team. He said, does the sales manager have to get involved in all these meetings personally and um, and have a high level meeting with the customer and of course i really like the ambition that kelvin is having here and in that situation i would like to pinpoint is of course you cannot be everywhere as a sales manager or regional manager you have to first of all be very selective with your time like everybody in the organization we're training them to be more selective with the time which means that we have to be crystal clear where we want to spend our time so that we get more return of the time that we spend and this might be that when we choose our top customers that we might want to be there right at the beginning when we do the revelation meeting and the capability meeting with our customers because that is typically a meeting where top management gets involved and that is where top management can or our you as a manager can easily open doors and have a type of a conversation which is not a selling conversation because let's let's accept it if you're dealing with a big account and your salesperson is trying to reach a um, a meeting with the directors of that company to understand more around and revealing more about the challenge that the customer has, the customer himself will immediately think, oh, there's a salesperson from Seiko coming and they that person will try to sell something. And they're not in the position to buy something because the buying decisions has been delegated down into the organization. But if you can rephrase the invitation letter, that that conversation, that telephone call with the purpose of having that meeting um, so that they understand this is not about selling and selling anything. This is really about understanding and um, revealing more around the challenges that they have, which will typically be your role as a manager at the beginning. Your salesperson can join in that meeting and understand much more how those meetings um, could be run. And I'm quite sure in some occasions you are doing this type of meeting because you as a sales manager, typically you're not deep in the relationships in the in the factory um, like the salesperson is, which means that you typically talk to different people and ask different questions. So we're very close to doing these type of revelation meetings. But now you know that doing this revelation meeting, you're doing it for a specific purpose because you want to reveal the background information and you might want to ad- announce that to to your customer which means that um, it is not a question of having all these meetings with the customer all these eight meetings sorry all these five meetings with the customer um, on on the contrary you will might want to prepare your salesperson in advance to have certain meetings and coach them to have certain meetings and if it is a very important account of course, you might want to be there in in one cases in in one or two cases to run those types of meetings and then coach the person to do the alignment meetings again. But there was one thing that you would want to know, and that is where you find cases like Gino Consoli from um, 
from France, who is a regional manager, who deliberately said that he takes the alignment meetings as an opportunity to coach his team. That means that he has an agreement with a friendly customer that the teams, meaning his salespeople, his engineers, and the customers' um, engineers, they run the alignment meetings and they observe. And then they coach afterwards. So the meetings where you would want to be involved would be typically on a few selected accounts, the revelation meeting and the capability meeting. And specifically, I would also recommend that on those accounts, you also do the follow-up meeting because in this uh, capability meeting, presumably you're going to do some kind of commitments concerning a deeper development, um, sharing some resources and also requiring some resources from the customer that you will want to follow up in the end, like after half a year. Which brings me to another question that comes up very often, and that is, how often do you think you should be waiting for a customer to show any development? And I think this is a very important question to ask yourselves because if you have done these steps, meaning you have done the revelation meeting, you have done a, um, a capability meeting, you have had some kind of mutual agreement with the customer understanding that there are projects um, that you can help on and they would like to have more of your resources and your competence, naturally you will have some kind of timeline when you want to review that with a follow-up meeting. And that timeline could be six months. If you don't have that timeline, then naturally you will be working into the blue. You will be working in the dark because you don't have that con confirmation, to an agreement together with the customer. So when you set up the capability meeting and come to some kind of mutual understanding, it doesn't have to be a formal contract. It's just about, okay, let's get our teams together from manager to manager, let's get our teams together to see how we can develop further. That answer has to be reviewed after a certain amount of time where you Im immediately say, well, great, let's review that then after six months so that we can both have a feeling that we're progressing. And then already you have the answer because then you know, you know when and how long you're going to wait until things are moving. Um, now, I have another question here which I would want to read out because this is also an interesting one. And um, But before we do that, of course, I'm going to have a look here on, on the chat to see if anybody else would like to have a live question. And, um, of course, I'll pick up on that one. And you can think about any live questions um, that you have while I will dive into the next um, mail here where I got from Judith actually, which I found interesting. It's uh, just a recent one, um, which was in the classroom, but I think this is also very relevant. And the question is, what do I do if some of my key customers, which I want to grow business with, is in an area or in a region where I don't really have my full support, I don't have really have my salespeople? Um and that is an interesting question because as a, as a manager you will always you will always want to be sure that you arrange the resources of your team so that you can be successful 
And that means that if your team is distributed in your region in a way that you cannot serve your potentially biggest customers or your development accounts, what are you going to do? There is only one choice, which means that you want to sit down with your team, review the opportunities, review the account selection you're doing as a team, and rearrange the resources so that you can deal with those customers in a more efficient and more successful way. Because that is your job as a manager, is that you arrange the priorities of your resources so that you can deal with your team in a better way. That is the whole point. That is your point as a manager. And the more you share your priority selection, your customer selection with your, with your, with your team, the more they will understand the opportunities that you see and the easier you will get the buy-in from your team. And again, that, is, that was another question which I get very often here um, in, a, in a mail. And, um, and that is the question around how can I get my team to buy in these things that I'm doing? And again, your, your team is the more information you share with your team around the background on which you're um, taking the decisions the more they will buy in because they you will be able to ask them the question if you were in my situation if you had the information that i am sharing with you right now which decision would you take and they would take exactly the same decision which means the more you share with your team the more buy-in you get and exactly the same that you're expecting your team to do when it comes to your customers because the more they share with their customer how they want to prioritize the activities they're doing for the customer, the more the customer will share with them and you'll come to a better conclusion. It works on the same principle. Sharing information which allows you to take a decision is building trust because it allows the other person to complement that decision, complement that information, add to that information to come to a better decision, to a better conclusion. So I'm also having a look here at the, um, at the chat and I see that Amul wrote a question here. Um, have we understood the governance steps? Um, Amul, perhaps you would like to expand on that one what are the gates in the operational process hello amul well yes uh, colin i think uh, i had written it as a response to the coaching questions so ah, okay i understand that's not yeah yeah perfect thank you for clarification then i will put that into the coaching questions yes thank you very much um, I also saw Jitinder, you activated your microphone. Did you want to add something? Do you have a question? We have a few moments here be on this call. Hello. Hello. Good evening to all of you. Not exactly, Colin. I'm just connected to myself in this because uh, 
we have some problem today it's a power failure so i could not attend the entire session but yes uh, the last uh, phase i have just focused and uh, to understand the customer needs through our question what how to whom and when and just for the check the customer plan for their investment and uh, about the specific project definitely these are the good things which we should incorporate in our next uh, actions and uh, i think all these inputs from the customer will give us a direction to make our work more systematic perfect that is from me yeah thank you good thank you very much for the contribution jitenda and i really appreciate how how you're pushing in india to um to be even even more professional in what you're already doing and um hopefully don't want to promise too much but i uh, i do hope to come and visit you still this year thank you colin so um are there any more questions and comments um then of course we still have a moment you're welcome to activate your microphone and i'll call on you and while you're still thinking about your next question i will put up the next power hours which are available here um which are the next one i am going to do a recording to take a shortcut around towards get account alignment because i will be in china that day flying to china and then already on june 19 it is um the power hour around certification now for those who have not sent in the certification i don't want you to panic there is no deadline we have pulled the deadline um before we had june 15 as um as a submission date but that deadline has been pulled you can provide your certification material at any time um even if it is after the summer it doesn't matter it will be considered as long as it is it is complete the last power hour before the summer is going to be a very interesting one and personally i'm really looking forward to that one it's around um coaching behavior um i can really promise something interesting for that one so don't miss even if you've done your five together don't miss to listen to that one and um that's going to be a great power hour now if there's anything else any more questions um otherwise i'm going to wish you all a great week and enjoy your week enjoy implementing your things that you have learned and uh, take care everybody and see you in the next power hour this was the power hour with me coach colin the skipper to your leadership and if you found something interesting during this power hour why not just go over and press like or even share it with one of your peers because we all want to be better and it is very rewarding to see other people getting better around us and if you have any questions about this power hour or around leading your team to success just private message me text me get in touch with me on facebook or send me an email because always remember i am coach colin and i am here to help you master your leadership Thank you and goodbye everybody have a great week see you soon